Hello, everyone, and welcome to Songversations, the long waits podcast where we interview songwriters about their methods and approaches to writing songs. I'm Bjorkvin, and I play guitar and sing in the long wait. You can visit us at thelongwait.com, our very active social media profiles on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels that are all under the username Long Wait Music. You can support this podcast and our music in multiple ways, either by becoming a patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash thelongwait, using our Amazon affiliate link through thelongwait.com slash Amazon, or sending us a tip through our virtual tip jar at thelongwait.com slash tips. Thank you very much for your support, and now let's get into this week's interview. All right, today we are here with Eric Hansen. Eric was born October 6, 1956 in Highland, Indiana. By the time he was 12, his family had moved to Chicago where he studied classical guitar. After high school, he attended Chicago Musical College where he studied voice, classical guitar, and then stumbled upon the theater department. He left the conservatory two years later and joined Chicago's Free Street Theater, a traveling performing arts outreach program. After four years with Free Street, performing, writing songs, working in schools, hospitals, and communities, he won a major role in I'm Getting My Act Together and Taking It on the Road. The show took him to New York City. There he pursued a career on stage, worked in touring musicals, did bit parts in soaps, The Guiding Light, Search for Tomorrow, One Life to Live, and did Theater by the Sea in Portsmouth. He toured Europe with Annie Get Your Gun and landed the title role in Volodia, Russian Hero, at the eclectic, world-renowned La Mama Experimental Theater Company. By 1995, he had decided on a career as a solo singer-songwriter and found his music was well-accepted. He won two Backstage Bistro Awards from New York critics. In addition, Eric worked as a visiting musician for Hospital Audiences Incorporated and soon made it to the top of HAI's roster as a most requested performer. Eric now happily lives in Tucson, Arizona, where we are today. Thank you for coming, Eric. Part of his song, True Friends, is in the family film First Dog. Two of his songs are featured Coalition to Unchained Dogs videos. Eric has written songs for Learning A to Z educational website where his music has been a total hit. He has produced six CDs of his own music as well as CDs for other artists in the Tucson area. He's the musical director of the Sonoran Desert Center for Spiritual Living. In the past 12 years, he has successfully brought his music to new thought churches around the country. His music has been featured at spiritual retreats such as Asilomar, The Big Sky Retreat, and ANTN. His song, The Holy Man, won first place in 2006 Unisong International Songwriting Competition. He won a Music to Life Award presented by Noel Paul and Elizabeth Stuckey. He was also named a Carryville Festival New York finalist 1999 and 2007, and he was a finalist in the Plowshare Songwriting Competition. To date, Eric has recorded six CDs on his own label, Half Moon Full Star Records, and he has published songs from his family CD in the Nobody Knows Songbook. So that's a lot of stuff you've been doing in the last decades here. Yeah. So tell me, what uh, what have you been up to recently? What are you most passionate about songwriting-wise lately? Well, I just have to preface it by saying a little bit over two years ago, I did have a double lung transplant, which we don't really need to discuss for this program, except to say that I was sort of away <laughs> for a while. Right. And before that, I was really sick. So it's like um, getting a whole new start. Okay. The first year after transplant, it was like really hard to focus on anything. So now it's just 
just learning, relearning how to sit down and do the work, you know, write the songs. Fortunately, the uh, ideas are coming. So I am working on two new recordings. First time I've recorded any new music in, in eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've taken quite the hiatus. Forced hiatus, I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was still singing. I was stopped traveling for the most part. I was writing some songs in the last seven years, but my health was just going down and I wasn't recording and I was focusing on my health. So here we are. I've already started um, laying down some tracks over here in uh, downtown Tucson at Wave Lab. So, I, you know, I just started and it was, you know, it was a little scary. It's the first time, you know, in a long time. So I'm going to do two CDs. One will be just a really kind of a quiet, simple CD of chant and spiritual music. Some that I wrote and some older, some written by other contemporary songwriters. And then a CD of my own songs. What is your main uh, instrument for writing songs? I guess I would have to say it's guitar, although I do use piano. And I mean, I'm an okay piano player. But there seems like different, really different kind of ideas happen at the guitar and at the... Very true. At the, yeah. <laughs> Do you often switch between? Do you like get an idea for a song and then when you do get anywhere with it on guitar, do you try to compose the rest on piano? You're a songwriter, so you, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. By any means necessary, I guess is, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I'll see, oh gosh, how, how would this sound on the... You know, how can it, how would this fit on the guitar? And the, like, there's one, just a little, really simple thing I wrote called Be Gentle to Yourself. And I wrote it on the piano, and it has all these passing. It's just a chromatic in the bass, it's chromatic. And then the chords change in the right hand. And it's, uh, I said, well, let me try it on the guitar, see what happens. And it just, you know, it wasn't quite the same. Right. So, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, quite often it's, I mean, mostly I'm at the guitar, but on occasion at the piano. All right. So when you, when you are writing, is there a specific method you try to stick to? Do you have any sort of work ethic that you try to adhere to, or do you try to just find inspiration whenever it strikes? Well, my whole life is being kind of reinvented. And now at the age of 58, what I'm discovering is when I was younger and I was writing songs, probably like your age or maybe even younger, you know, you would just get, you'd get an idea and you were just hot for it. You know, you're just like, and you just sit down in a fever, you know, or at least I did. And I would just work on it, work on it, work on it, work on it. And for the most part, I find that that's not true anymore in my life. The ideas... I still have a pretty good fever pitch for the ideas. I don't have any lack of... I mean, they just come to me in battalions, as Shakespeare <laughs> said. <laughs> so the ideas are there. So I have tons. My little iPhone. Right. Now, you know, I'm, I'm in the 21st century. <laughs> I don't know as much as you do, but, you know, I have... I just get into my voice memo and sing it or play it or whatever it is and get it down on the iPhone so I can go back to it later. Now... In reference to the having a huge surgical procedure, and all the drugs and what they do to your mind. Right. <laughs> oh, they just make it a mess. Okay. Yeah, and it was a mess for a really long time. Yeah. And uh, now it's like slowly coming back. So what I'm realizing is songwriting for me now is different than like such a having in the past, having such a hot inspiration and just like sitting down and like working it out. Now it's much more kind of a conservative approach. You know, I have an idea, I sit down and I, I have a little chair in my living room where I practice guitar and, and I'll sit and I'll play, you know, and, and I'll play through the idea. 
once I get something that's halfway decent, I'll go to the computer in the other room and I'll, I'll uh, write it, a neat version of it. And that's how I, so I go back and forth like that. And I'm starting to discover what I, I'm going to have to do that I've never done is to just sit down and say, just write. Because, you know, at this point in my life, you know, I've, I've been around long enough to know that it's a matter of sitting down and working on it. As you know what, it's like doing the work. It's just doing the work. Because my mind is a creative mind. There's no doubt. I don't have to worry about that anymore. It is. <laughs> okay. You know? So it's just a matter of sitting down and saying, okay, man, let's, let's just let's work on this. Awesome. Awesome. So can you tell us about a time you were really happy with how one of your songs came out? It could be one of those songs that came to you in 15 minutes or one of the ones you really had to work at. One of those prouder moments of one of your songs. Actually, there's kind of a funny story with that. A number of years ago, when I lived in New York City, I was kind of getting back to singing and songwriting and stuff. And so I was giving myself exercises. So one of the things that my self-invented exercise was pick something and you have like an hour to write a song about it. So um, I lived uh, in the West Village and I I lived uh, in a little garden apartment. So I was sitting at my table and I said, okay, write a song about your garden. And I did, and I came up with this great kind of a sexy song called My Garden of Love, you know, and that came pretty quickly, I think, you know, and I just wrote what I saw, things that were in the garden and things that, you know, like about the garden. So that's that's one thing, and I like that song. It's a really, uh, I think it's a really fun song. So, And then there's another one where um, I, I tried that exercise. I said, okay, just pick something, <laughs> write a song about it. So I had just come back from a friend of mine. He was in law school, Manhattan Law School. And he said, well, I always come here, you sing. Once you come hear me uh, at law school, we are doing a, a mock trial, Aaron Burr for the death of Alexander Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, just write it, just write it. Right? And so, well, <laughs> that didn't work so well because as it turned out, that song took me a couple months to write because I had to do a lot of research. So that was a song I thought, oh yeah, I'll just whip it off. Right with no inspiration whatsoever except that courtroom drama. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually a pretty good song. I haven't sung it in years, but so that that was pretty interesting. So when you do those kind of methods of, um, all right, I'm going to write about this, do you sit down, do you think systematically in any way or about the lyrics, like putting together rhymes and, and that sort of stuff? I've never really been a systematic thinker. Never. In fact, a, a friend of mine is working on some songs and she said, well, why is it where some people, it's like prose and some people decide to rhyme here and here and here and here. And, you know, I said, well, I don't know. You know, it's just like, is there a chorus? Do you, is there a refrain, you know, that continues to come up? It's like, how's the rhythm? How's the, how do the rhythms work in the rhythm of the music? So it's all, there's no rule. I don't, as far as I'm concerned, there's no rule. There's songs that don't have hardly any rhymes in them. And I've never been a systematic person. So when you come up with lyrics, do you just start with maybe the title or the first line and then you just go from there? And just kind of mumble until something comes out? You know, something like that. Well, like here's one way I wrote a song. I read a little book. I do read a lot. I probably could read more, but I do my best to read a lot. And I read a wonderful little book by an author by the name of Susan Trott. And it was called The Holy Man. 
And it was, you know, I thought, oh, this is really cool. That was the song that's on your website, right? Yeah, somewhere. Not the opening. That when you click on the website, it, that's I Am Love. Yeah, but it, it goes something, the holy man could be basically anybody, right? That's the message of the song. Right. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that. It really struck a chord with me, those lyrics. I read the book, and I thought, oh, this is really cool, because in short, the holy man's up in the top of the hill. All these people go up the hill to see the holy man. They go down the backside. Well, one day, instead of sending his assistants down the back way, he goes down the front way for groceries and stuff, and they all push him and stuff. Well, long story <laughs> short, it treated everybody like a holy man, and you know, I don't remember how I wrote that song. I just remember that I loved that idea, and then I remember I didn't have the song yet. I remember I was on a tour, and I was in, gosh, way up in like eastern Oregon or Washington. It's kind of deserty. And I was driving and I felt like I was in Jerusalem or something. And I said, this is holy land, you know. Yeah. So that went, that I said, ooh, yeah, yeah, holy man, holy land. This. So that went to the song. So I just sit down and with a nug of an idea, I play it and I sing. There's a wonderful documentary called, um, well, anyway, it's about the Eagles, the band, the Eagles. Oh, I've seen that. It's you great. saw, it's yeah, great. Finding the Eagles, I think it's yeah. called. And there's a wonderful story. I think it's Glenn Fry's. He's talking about back in the day, and he lived in a duplex. <laughs> and uh, Jackson Brown lived downstairs. you remember this? Yeah, the Jackson Brown method of songwriting. Exactly. Like, oh. It's funny that you should mention that because I interviewed Adara Ray, who is a singer-songwriter here in town, and I was telling her the same story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, Glenn Frey's like trying to figure out how to write songs, and he says, I listened to that damn Jackson all day <laughs> banging on the piano. He said, oh, that's how you write a song. And, you know, to me, that's how you do it. You know, you just you sit down, like, get the idea and sort of sweat it out. <laughs> yeah you go you, you know you get that rhythm the rhythm of the musical idea the, and then you maybe find a little bit of music that goes where I think quite often I've discovered for me that you know maybe I'll come up with like a little nugget of music that I'm practicing on guitar and then some nugget of words or rhythm or something or come up and they'll sort of find their, their way together you know have you ever written two different songs that then find themselves to be the same song at the end like written a verse and then later written a chorus or a bridge and then they actually work together. You've never thought about it until, you know, a specific moment in time. I have. I couldn't tell you exact example, but yeah, I think I was like, oh yeah, that would work well over here. Right. Or you're writing one song and you go, oh man, this is two different songs. Right, right. Yeah, that's them. the opposite of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Can you tell us about a method that you've used to overcome writer's block? <laughs> The only, really, the only method I could think of is like learning A to Z. They did the educational books for kids, and they said we want to do a, we want to take a foray into music. And my couple of my songs were the first ones they did, and I don't even know if they did it anymore. If they, I think they ran out of money, but <laughs> they might have done some bluegrass. I'm not sure or cowboy. I don't know. But anyway, but then they hired me to write some stuff uh -huh. like a jingle. And they gave me some lyrics. So the <laughs> one of the really good things for a writer's block is to be paid for what you're doing. <laughs> so you have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> true. But <laughs> but I, I don't know. You know, I thought I had writer's block this last in this last year or so, and I don't. I didn't really have writer's block. I just my mind couldn't focus well. I've lately been in a position where I could just kind of walk away. But I think, like you said earlier, you know, maybe take it to the piano or. If you're writing on the piano, take it to another instrument or... I heard another thing which I think is pretty cool. 
is just if you're used to writing sitting down, stand up. Oh, you know, right. Philip right. Roth, the writer, author, always writes standing up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that. I don't know that I've ever really had writer's block. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I would get all these ideas and I... I was like, oh, I only have this short little idea. I don't know. And then I started writing these songs that were so long. It was crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's talk about um, influences. What famous songwriters do you look up to either now or in the past, and have they changed? Well, just I'll tell you, just recently, I heard this guy, this young man from Australia, Ben Howard. Wow, he's just, I think he's really good, you know. Really nice stuff and good rhythms, and he's a really good guitar player. And uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's a great songwriter or not. I really enjoy what he's doing. Gosh, my past, though, you know, I mean, you know, it so, sounds so cliche, but it's it's kind of true. I mean, the people I listened to when I was growing up were James Taylor, Harry Chapin, Livingston Taylor, James Taylor's brother, one of his brothers, a little bit more out there and a little kind of more eccentric from what I know of him. But uh, let's see, so Harry Chapin, James Taylor, Livingston Taylor. Well, of course, Joni Mitchell. I just, you know, I think she's just sort of a genius. But, I mean, I don't write anything like her. That's not the... You know, I try to go to YouTube and listen to people. I just try to listen to people, and I can't remember what, what but <laughs> I really can't remember. I mean, you know, I, I've been so in involved in my health the last seven years, and now just trying to get back to my career, my life, and see what's salvageable, what can I do, you know. There's another aspect to my songwriting, which is um, I also am a musical director for a Center for Spiritual Living, which gives a lot of my music a kind of a spiritual and very hopeful and very spirit, more spiritual as much as hopeful, okay. which tends to be sort of spiritual yeah. in nature. <laughs> yeah, right. I really, I just try to listen to a lot of people and just listen to what they're doing and how they're doing it. And there's so many talented people. I, those are my original influences, but man, there's just so many. I mean, and there's never been as much music as today. <sighs> Goodness. It's infinite almost. Yes, and now you listen to all these, the really young people. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if, like, it doesn't even matter if it's singers or songwriters or dancers or whatever. They're just like uber songwriters, uber dancers. Like, they're stronger, better, more interesting. And, you know, it's like crazy. <laughs> so you think things have changed for the better? Or, like, evolved to the better just because there's more, more going on? No, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I just think that there's, you know, like this Ben Howard guy, you know, there's lots of kind of geeky people sitting in there, like, uh, who is it, Beck, you know, you know, he's just like uh, sitting in his parents' basement, just coming up with this, channeling this crazy stuff, you know, and there's just these, there's so many great creative minds and we're not really talking about popular music necessarily. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the songs, kind of kind of going back to influences a little bit, but are there any specific songs that have followed you throughout life that have stood out for some reason? Well, there's a song that I wrote years ago in New York City. It's called Real Slow. And I wrote it, I didn't know what was wrong with me health-wise. And uh, I think it's a really great song. It has, you know, humor in it, it has passion in it, and uh, that's really all good stuff. And that has, I've sung that for years. And in fact, it's like, now that I have new lungs, it's like, hmm, maybe I, it might be time to stop singing it. <laughs> Why, how so? Just because it, it's well, it strenuous know, to sing? No, 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 gosh, no. No, because I'm not that guy anymore. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Well, let's see, songs that have, well, The Holy Man is sticking with me. 
it's a you know it's a beautiful song. Sort of the adverse, the the, the other side of that is is uh, songs that don't work anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you didn't ask that question. Yeah, but, but that, that's but it made me think of that because when I went back to playing and singing, I was working in bars, and I since I'm kind of a ballad kind of sort of a guy i wanted to write kind of a bar song so i wrote this this funky kind of up-tempo thing called big-bodied woman and it stuck with me for years and years and years i played it a lot and then i just outgrew the song there was another song from that period called scrub a dub and it was a guy trying to pick a girl up in a bar by saying you know listen if you come home with me i'll you know i'll give you a nice bath and so um not that she need, not that she's dirty dirty <laughs> but scrub a dub scrub a dub scrub a dub in my tub it's sort of a sexual thing but anyway so those two songs were with me for a long time and they're really fun mm-hmm. but i just can't sing them anymore because it's just not who i am any longer just don't resonate with you personally anymore. no they don't all right they just don't yeah i'm on to you know different things and often wondered about you know like going back to for instance to the eagles you know, like, do you think Glenn Fry is still the same guy that, like, sung Take It Easy for the first time? Or Jackson Brown, for that matter, wrote the song with him? Like, I doubt it. Well, yeah, I don't suppose they could be. I mean... But they have to sing them, though. <laughs> right. Well, you know, yeah, Jackson Brown, for instance, that one song, um, it was like the one of his big hits. I went out walking. He says, I wrote that when I was 16, you know. Right. So... That's a long time ago. He's in his mid-60s. Right. And I've seen so many different things where he's playing that song, and he says, oh, I wrote this song when I was 16 years old. You know, <laughs> it's kind of apologized for it. <laughs> well, how could he be the same person? Right. And it's funny because I listened to a fairly recent, I think it was like a Spotify Sessions Jackson Brown CD or album on Spotify. Obviously not a CD, it was just on Spotify. But a lot of his stuff now is pretty political. He was always fairly political, but then, you know, as you grow older, you tend to care more and more and more. So I can see him apologizing for something that doesn't really align with any of his points of view anymore or in any way. Oh, well, you mistook what I said for an apology. I don't necessarily think that he's apologizing personally. I think he's just saying, I wrote this when I was 16. Right, right, right. But I'm thinking, like, it's still a good song. But I doubt he can put himself into the same mindset as he was then anymore. Yeah. So like, so, sort of like you're saying, you outgrew some of your songs. Yeah. I'm sure that all of those great guys did do as well, even though they continue to have to play them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, I went to hear Bobby McFerrin here at Centennial Hall. You know, he does so much great stuff. And somebody said, sing, don't worry, be happy. And he was like, no, <laughs> that won't be happening. I won't be singing that song again. <laughs> Oddly enough, I'm good friends with Severin Brown, who's Jackson's brother. I was at his house one day in Los Angeles. And we were talking about that. And he's, <laughs> I said, you know, and he's like going through the lyrics. <laughs> he's going... It's absurd. It's absurd. He was 16. <laughs> with all these ideas. Yeah. You know, other songs that have stayed with me. You know, the Holy Man's one that's been staying with me. And there's a few different songs that, that do stay with me. Cool. Can you recommend a book to our listeners that you've read, either about songwriting or music in general, or something that you felt that has helped you maybe stay on task with songwriting or get more connected with music? Well, let's see. There's two two things that come to my mind. One is years ago, I found this little book called Zen Guitar. 
And it was written by a, a Japanese guy, Japanese-American man, who uh, used to play guitar in the streets in New York City. And so he wrote this, and I've tried to reread it, and it didn't resonate with me again. But the first time I read it, it really spoke to me. You know, one of the things I just remember him talking about there in that book was practice. It's like, you know, even if you practice for five minutes, really practice for five minutes. So it's the same thing goes with writing. You know, yeah, really sit down and really do it. Really, really do it. So that... I thought was a wonderful book, Zen Guitar. And then there's another book that I remember by Kenny Warner. He's a jazz pianist. And I think, oh gosh, well, he's only written a couple books. And it's like, is it called In Search of Excellence? He wrote some crazy stuff in there about when he was coming up. Of course, jazz pianists, you're going to be playing with jazz groups. I mean, he was like, you know, I practiced seven hours a day. You know, I had everything written out what I was going to practice. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a whole different person <laughs> if I was doing that. But right. I've never been been able to do it. But Kenny Warner, I just really found the book to be excellent, whether you're a jazz pianist or or not. And then my friend, who is a jazz pianist, just loved it. He thought it was a really great book. But it really, as I remember, speaks to excellence. Just master, trying Ma- to master your... Effortless Mastery. That's it. Effortless Mastery. That's the name of the book. All right. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem. It's funny you uh, that that's the name of the book because there's another book by Robert Greene called Mastery. And it's just about, in general, trying to master whatever it is you do and trying to really go for it and really master your craft. So, I'll have to look for that one, yeah, too. I bet those two go together. You could read them back to back, probably. <laughs> All right. You mentioned your iPhone earlier, but I'm wondering what tools of the trade do you use excluding your instrument to help you with your songwriting? Do you have any apps on your iPhone or anything of that nature that you use or any, you know, it could be as simple as a piece of paper and a pen? Well, up to this point in my life, uh, this is about as high tech. The iPhone's about as high tech. You know, historically, I always... Like uh, my voice students, I tell them, you know, how I developed my ear was how I learned songs when I was a kid. It was with the record player. I'd put it down, listen, try to cop the lick, yeah. put it down, put it down, put it down, you know, keep... Ah! And, and now it's a little easier. So I always, since that time, I used paper, typewriter, and a cassette recorder. All right. You All know, right. and I'm really glad for this digital stuff because cassettes were just... Oh my God, trying to like find your place on them and all was terrible. <laughs> but uh, historically, that's what I've used. Still use paper and pen. I like these Pilot Razor pens, mm-hmm. particularly whatever that matters. <laughs> but uh, that's what I like to use. Right. I love to use the computer because my way of doing it is, you know, I have a layer. One of the things, I think this is probably kind of important, is um, I try not to edit as I go. Okay. You know, whatever comes up, I try to put, I learned to put down. Okay. So my way of doing it is on the computer, particularly, you know, you write the lyric, whatever it is. Uh, and then if you, there's another idea that comes to mind, but you're not so sure. I always put it right to the right of it in parentheses. Right. So it's yeah. there. Yeah. That's what I do too. I do like a, yeah, a, a slash and then maybe a different lyric that would work. Yeah, but that's one of the things that I've learned, and I think it's so important not to edit as you're writing, you know, because you don't want to, you might think something stupid, but... Well, I feel like you're probably switching your brain to analytical because you're editing now. Oh. Instead of keep being creative until yeah. you're done being creative, then you can go being analytical and editing and doing all that sort of stuff. Great you idea. Know, you need to kind of open your 
Great your idea. mind to the flow. About other things, no, I don't use any apps. I have started using the the voice memo feature on my iPhone because I had a, a really good Marantz tape recorder that sort of is on the fritz. And now getting back to songwriting, I'm like, well, gosh, what, you know, what should I use? I mean, you know, and then I started asking people and they said, oh, I just use my iPhone. And I said, well, I have that, you know, and it works really great. Right. Yeah. That's what I use too, to take down ideas. Yeah, exactly. I did have a drum machine for a while, then it went on the fritz and I threw it away. And I think sometimes I would like to use beats and try it that way. Uh-huh. Do you have a home, any sort of home studio set up in your computer or anything like that? Well, I had a Mac and it had GarageBand. And um, I don't know, I just never really used it that much. But now I have a new laptop and I've been told there's good software that... I might learn, you know, you never know. Right, right, it's right. possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a real gearhead. I don't know, you know, it's... But, you know, I, I think it would be fun to do it that way. Yeah. You know, use uh, some track, not tracks, but beats. Right. Kind of get some foundation and then you could kind of... Yeah. Well, you know, it's like really weird. It's like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I heard music and everything. I mean, I heard, you know, like in the way the bus goes and stops and I heard rhythm and, you know, the way the thing goes down and all that. And then, I don't know, somewhere I lost that along the way. And so there is music there everywhere and maybe using a, a rhythm machine, you could kind of get back to that a little bit i don't i don't know so where can people find you online do you have uh you have a website are you also on facebook and twitter or any of those fancy social media places sure <laughs> yeah of course facebook is um and twitter same thing eric hansen e-r-i-c-h-a-n-s-e-n-007 and same thing on twitter and of course my music is on itunes and i'm with cd baby so cd baby does a great job of getting all the digital distribution out there. Oh, very true, very true. Yeah, so It's very convenient for independent kind of releases and stuff like that. They just do it all for you. I think, you know, I think it was Derek Sivers, Sivers, whatever his name is, uh, he did us a great service, you know, he did a really great job. So, yeah, it's, it's out there. Yeah. CD Baby, Amazon, iTunes. But my website, yeah, did we say it's erichanson.net, and from there you can find YouTube stuff and... CD Baby and yeah, just look around at your your favorite digital distribution place. Right, cool. Lastly, I wanted to feature one of your songs at the end of the podcast as an outro, and I wanted to ask you: Would you like to pick a specific song and maybe tell us a little bit about the backstory and what it's about? So, if you were at a concert, how would you introduce the song that we would play? Well, why don't we do the Holy Man? It was inspired by, not taken directly, I mean, not, it was just inspired by the book, The Holy Man by Susan Trott. Basically, it is to say, in the song, it says, um, it could be some stranger on the street, a lover that you meet, the checkout girl in the grocery line standing on her feet. It could be some guy you were just so rude to when he was nice to you, a teacher that you hated when you were back in school. So, yeah, and obviously, depending on your thought pattern about God or well, there's God in all of us, so it's, it is all of us. So the basic images treat everybody because we're all God-like or part of spirit or the holy what creation or whatever. I'm not trying to... There's no dogma involved here. Right, so right. Please don't misunderstand that. No, no, not at all. You know, so the whole idea is just to, I don't know, just be nice to each other. <laughs> right, exactly. Basically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the gist. Be nice to each other because we're, we're all the same. I should also say that... Um, 
that song, I won $1,000. I actually entered that song in a songwriting contest. And I got an email one day from the songwriting contest. And I, I saw that it said something about the song. And I deleted it because I figured it had just said you lo- you didn't win. <laughs> and then I went, I was thought about it. I was like, wait a second, let me go find that. It said, oh, you won. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That was so cool. Well, you know, you, you know, you lose a lot of these things. you know. So. But I'm glad you had second thoughts about <laughs> deleting the email, though. <laughs> All right, Eric, thanks so much for coming on. All right, thank you. We're going to end this with the holy man. Okay. All right. All right. Treat everyone you meet Like a holy man Know that every step you take Is on holy land Do not grow impatient Do not speak in haste Do not strike in anger There's so little time to waste Holy, we are holy Anyone you see Could be the holy man It could be some stranger on the street A lover that you meet The checkout girl in the grocery store Standing on her feet It could be that guy you were so rude to When he was nice to you A teacher that you hated When you were back in school Treat everyone you meet Like a holy man Know that every step you is on holy land You are me and I am you We are one spinning round the sun And when the day is done We have done our best See the holy man Holy, we are holy Anyone you see Could be the holy man Holy, we are holy Anyone you see could be the holy man.